We're ready to go. Pastor Mike's been preaching some fantastic messages over the last couple of weeks. And if you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to get the, the message from last Sunday night. It's a really, really good message on faith. And uh, he, he just really, just really laid it on. So if you haven't got that message, just get the CD or we should be able to, you should be able to download it from the, from the web at www.baycity.org.nz. Um, but while he was away, I, I started a... Um, I just picked up a, a piece of scripture here that uh, I just want to finish off today, and uh, I know it's going to challenge you and inspire you. And, uh, so here we go. <laughs> uh, if you got your Bibles with you, it's, um, we looked at uh, Matthew chapter 16, and uh, Peter has this has this revelation from the Holy Spirit. Jesus walking down the road with his disciples, and uh, he was asking, "Who do who do people say that I am?" And uh, some say you're a great teacher, some say you're a good prophet, some say you're Elijah, and he says to Peter. Uh, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, uh, I know who you are. You are, you're not just a good teacher. You're just not, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. And Jesus says to him, uh, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you except by my Holy Spirit, my Father in heaven. So Peter gets this download of revelation of, of who Jesus Christ is. And um, then Jesus goes on to say, blessed are you. And on this rock, on this revelation, on this Corners on this foundation, on this revelation that you have of, of who I am. I am going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the last couple of weeks, we're talking about, uh, about that church, what that church looks like. And uh, see, Jesus had right in his mind back there that, and, uh, and 2,000 years later, that there'll be a whole bunch of people come and gather around in all these different churches and all these different countries and places, and there's going to be one in Hastings, Hawke's Bay before even all existed. And uh, we're going to have a church in Hawke's Bay. So he had it in his heart right there that he's going to get all these different people from different backgrounds and different colors and shapes and sizes and, and uh, all sorts of different backgrounds. And we're going to bring them together. And I'm going to put something, I'm going to put revelation inside of their heart. I'm going to put something, in, I'm going to put my spirit inside of them. I'm going to put, a, I'm going to put my, uh, my heart inside of them. And I'm going to bring them together as one people. And I'm going to bring them to a place where uh, they have such faith and such strength and uh, such tenacity and momentum that the very gates of hell shall not prevail against them. That's you we're talking about. That's you. So when Jesus said to Peter, that's my church, he was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. Not just the pastors or anything. He was thinking about you. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. What are the gates of hell? It's the places where hell is unleashed in our community and in our world. So we're talking about the places like poverty and sickness. I'm going to build a church so strong that, that, um, that rumors of sickness and rumors of recessions, it's, it's not going to phase them. That's not, that's not going to worry about them. So those, my church that has business opportunity, businesses operating and they're going to hear about recession. I'm going to, my church is going to be strong. That those businesses, man, they're just going to keep plowing through. When everyone else might be in a recession, they're going to keep prospering. People that are facing sickness and facing pressures and, and facing attacks from the devil. I'm going to build a church so strong that uh, nothing's going to stop them. They're going to carry on. And I'm going to bring them to a place where they release, bring heaven into earth, bring heaven into community. So people like you bringing heaven into Hastings and, and all to the corners of the earth. That's exciting. That's exciting. So Jesus paints a picture of this, of this incredible church, of this incredible family, people like you and me. And there's three things I believe that, um, there's three factors I believe which, which we're going to have inside of our lives. It was probably many, but I just thought, well, three would do for now. It's quite simple. And uh, so I thought, 
three things that we need to have for us to have that momentum, for us to have that, that um, uh, to be that church that God is, that Jesus has, has described. First thing we need to have, to have in our life is direction. Um, you've got to have direction. Anything that has momentum has direction. It's going somewhere. And uh, so first thing we're going to have direction. Our direction must first and foremost be towards the house of the Lord. We talked about over the last few weeks that if our direction is not towards the house of the Lord, it will be leading you into bondage somewhere. Either uh, we're either in captivity in our in our flesh or in our soul or in our spirit. Talk about three captivities. So we need to have a we need to, a, a direction it determines everything. Your direction will determine everything. The direction your life takes is primarily formed and established by the decisions that you and I make. You can have a positive attitude, but make some dumb decisions. So your attitude is not actually everything. What It helps, but your direction, your decisions. So make good choices. Secondly, have your direction. Have your, uh, first of all, have your direction towards the house of God. In, in that track towards the house of God, in that focus towards the house of God, make sure that you're doing what you are called to do. If you're not doing what you're called to do, Uh, we're not called to wear somebody else's armor. You are called to wear the armor that God has set for you. So we're going to know what we're called to do. Know what we're called to do. Direction is is very, very important. Let Let your direction be centered towards the house of God. If it's not, it's leading you into bondage somewhere. We looked at uh, Israel's history, whenever their focus was on the Lord, they were okay. Whenever their focus was away from the Lord, it got them into bondage or into slavery somewhere. So even when, when the first thing that, they, uh, that Jesus said, that God said when they came out of Egypt was build a house. Uh, the second, the first thing that Jesus said, uh, sorry, the Lord said when they came out of the wilderness and into the promised land, build a memorial offering, build, a, build, a, a, build, a, build an altar. In other words, bring your focus back on the house of the Lord. Whenever God brought them out of uh, Babylon, restore my house. Whenever your attention, your every direction is away from the house of the Lord, you'll be into bondage somewhere. So the other thing we talked about was weight. The first thing we must have is, is direction. The second thing we must have is weight. The word weight means to, to, be, to have authority or to be of substance. If you, first of all, if you want to have authority in your life, you've got to be under authority. Even Jesus himself was a man that was under authority. You want to have authority in your life? Align your life that you are under authority. Instead of just going off and doing your own thing, make sure that you're aligned properly. Uh, if you're out of alignment, if there's parts of your life that are out of alignment, you'll find that you'll get, um, you'll, you'll get yourself into a lot of strife there. If you want to have authority, first of all, be under authority. Know your position. We also talked about um, having substance of character. Uh, you, we must... Uh, you know, we, you can read a lot of books and you can get a lot of information about character, but there is nothing like being forged in the flame of fire. There's nothing like being um, put on the anvil when God puts you on the anvil and starts whipping up uh, and starts shaping some areas of your life and starts putting some heat in there. If you stop and quit and, and run away, uh, you'll often miss out on what, what uh, God wants to establish and build the strength into your life. There's something about somebody that's, that's done the hard yards and hasn't quit, not given up. It builds, it establishes substance, it establishes character inside of your life. Another thing we talked about character is, 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 is honing your skills. There's a way that you can, if you're what you're good at, what you're gifted at, develop it. If you're a business person, don't just be a, a run-of-the-mill business person. Get somebody like Stephen Tyrant to, to get your coaching, to sharpen you, to, to hone you so you become the best business person you can. If you're a student, just don't be the, a nominal student. Be the best student that you can. 
whatever you are gifted to, whatever you are called to in, in, the, in the house of the Lord, build into that, invest into it, put some time, upskill it. So we need, first of all, we need direction, we need substance. The last thing we need is, um, <laughs> yeah, faith, faith power. Yeah. Have you ever, just before I get into that, have you ever noticed recently, in recent times, that, um, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I've opened my letterbox sometimes, and, and there's this, these little bits of paper about, it's like an A5 piece of paper, and, um, and you see these words across it, it, it do you need a lift? <laughs> you, something got you down. You need something to, to lift you back up again. Uh, you look everywhere you look across the community. It's on the TV. It's on newspapers. You probably get sent it to you on, the, uh, on your email, which should really go to your spam box. But everywhere you look, you have a, we have an issue in society with, um, help me, Lynn, what's the word? What we're looking for? <laughs> well, we, everywhere you look, we have, we have, we have advertising promoting Viagra, and what's the other one? Cialis or something like that. Everywhere you cannot help if you if you are here and you haven't had something in your letterbox or read something on the on the newspaper. Everywhere you look, every you see people promoting Viagra, Cialis everywhere. You see these words: Are you down? Are you um, you want to put some mo back in your Joe? You need to put some lead back in your pencil. Something wherever you look. Oh. Now we're getting on to it. Now I've got your attention. Your minds were thinking about something else. But everywhere you look, we've got, these, we've got these promotions everywhere. You can't help but go anywhere. You see it in the newspapers. You see it. You need a lift. You need help, guys. You need, yeah. Let us help you come and phone your doctor, and we could just give you a, a little appointment. We can give you something that will just put the go back into your whatever you got there. That needs a bit of a go. So we all look at that and see it as face value, but maybe you just you got no idea what I'm talking about at all. That's okay. The other thing that you can look at is: Have you ever noticed that the um, there is a huge amount of um, energy drinks online right now? Everywhere you go, it started off just Red Bull. Red Bull. You need a lift in your life. Here, have one of these pills. Or hey, have Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. Everywhere you go, you're feeling down in your life. You need. You're lacking energy. Get some Red Bull inside of you. Red Bull gives you wings. How many people know what? You've seen that ad on TV before? Yeah. You've seen that, that um, the ad for, uh, for V? Yeah, there's all those different V ads, all promoting. You need energy. You need go. You need, you need that in your life. Uh, if you're lacking something, have some of this. And, it, and if you haven't noticed recently that everywhere you look now, there's a whole bunch of new energy drinks coming out online. You've got demon energy. You've probably got angel energy somewhere. You've got all these different energy drinks all promoting to give you one thing, to give you a lift, to give you energy inside of your life. So we can all look at those things and say, oh, yeah, that's cool. But actually, what you've got to look at is there's actually a deeper, deeper cause. There's actually a deeper problem going on here. See, when, see, see my belief is this, that... Uh, you and I are created. The Bible says that you and I are created in the image of God, right? We look at back at Genesis 1. God says, let us make man in our own image. Or well, another word for image is reflection. Let us, make God in our, let us make man in our reflection. So wherever he goes, wherever man goes, that he will be able to reflect the glory of God. You and I were created to reflect the glory of God. You and I are created to reflect the glory of God. So even though that creation couldn't see God directly. 
Because you and I were created in the reflection of God, wherever creation saw man, they didn't need to know if there was a God or not, but because they could see the reflection of God in man. For example, you look at the moon. The moon in itself has no, it's just dirt, there's no dust. It has no power of itself. There is no light from itself that emanates from the moon. The only light that the moon can give is that which is reflected from the sun. So even though we can't see the sun at night time, we know that somewhere a sun exists. Why? Because we can see the reflection of the sun. Today we live in a world that you and I, if you're here this morning and you're, you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God inside of your life. You and I as Christians are called to reflect Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ once walked on this earth and now he's seated at the right hand of Father. So you and I accord, we, are, we carry the name of Christ. We are a Christian. We are, carry the name of Christ. We are, so that even though our community cannot see Jesus directly face to face, they know that Jesus exists. Why? Because they can see his reflection in our lives. So wherever you look, there's always um, things that you can see and things that you can't see. That's a reflection of something else. So as you and I are called to be reflectors of the life of Jesus Christ, there's also other things in the world that you can see that reflect something else. For example, Viagra. <laughs> yeah. Some guys got real quiet now. What is that a reflection of? It's not like, I mean, when I was younger, I'd never even heard of this stuff before. Now why is it that there is so much stuff? So much of it comes through. Every week there would be something come through your letterbox. Do you need a lift? What is the problem? We often see that as a, as a face failure, but actually it's a reflection of something else that is driving it from behind. If you look at the energy drinks, the, the amount of energy drinks that are available now, we can see that and, and we can take those as face failure, but actually it's a reflection. It's a negative reflection of something else that's operating behind the scenes. Do you really think that a little pill is going to fix your problems? Is that, is that really the problem? And you look at the society that we face now, more and more people are facing so much pressure and so much um, uh, yeah, different, different pressures from different angles. A lot of people, we, we put our hope and our security in what we build for ourselves, like finances. I mean, come on, guys. If you've got a mountain of debt, if you've got a mountain of bills to pay, the last thing that's really going to work well, is, you know what I'm talking about. There's something that comes in and starts to rob you. There's something that gets around of hold of your life. It's an unseen thing, but it's reflected somewhere else. Some of it, I believe, is dietary. Some of it, I believe, is, is, is reflection of something else. But I believe primarily it's reflection is on an unseen spirit realm that's come around people's lives. Yeah, I, I bet you, if you talk, talk to a doctor today, he'll probably tell you that the, the prescription age for these pills is getting younger and younger and younger and younger. What is the problem? It's reflecting something. How, how, can, how can the church that God has called us to be strong and triumphant, uh, that the gates of hell won't prevail against? And here we are, and so many Christians are, are struggling with this unseen spirit operating around our lives. 
We sing and praise in church, but actually there's something else, reflection. We, we love Jesus, but actually there's something else operating as well. So we live in an unseen world. We have spirit beings that operate out around our lives. There's a, there's a constant battle for your life. There's a constant battle. There's always a constant pressure. And for you and I to be the church that God has called us to be, we've got to start to deal with some of the issues that are really the cause of our problems. See, right back, it comes right back to this, that if your identity is found in what you have or what you do, whenever that is taken away, it'll start to bring fear and rejection around your life, especially for guys. I believe the primary problem or the primarily, primary um, cause of this problem is that of fear and rejection. Fear of failure, fear of finances. If you're under financial pressure because your whole identity is found in what you have, when that starts to get shaken, shakes your whole life, shakes your identity. And the result of that is it's reflected out somewhere else. So you and I are called, we are created in the image of God. When you were created, when man was created, God breathed into man and man became a living being. You are of intrinsic value to God. It means this, that you are valuable. You have a degree of value. You are so incredibly valuable no matter what your background, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what your color, no matter what your race, you have an intrinsic value which cannot be taken away from you. But the thing is, we have also the power of choice that we can choose to either find our value in Jesus Christ and our life in God, or we can choose to find it somewhere else. And everywhere you look, we have people trying to find value and everyone is in need of value of something. Everyone needs to know that they mean something, that they have a value. But the problem is so many people are looking for it out in the world. We'll get onto this right now. <laughs> but the problem is that there's a very real problem out there. See, one of the things that we know of is that there is a... Um, see, Jesus, Paul talks to us in Galatians chapter 5, that we must be people that would walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The spirit word spirit there is spelled with a capital S, means it's talking about the Holy Spirit. So all of us, if, you are, if, if we are created a spirit being, then we're all of us walk in the spirit to a certain extent. If you are a spirit being, then we're open to spiritual powers, be it positive or negative, be it from God or the devil. There is a, there is forces that operate around our lives, and they, although they are unseen, they are reflected in our lives. So for many of us, we, we've invited Jesus Christ into our life, but there's still a lacking of power. There's still a lacking of presence. There's still a lacking of force in our life. Why is it? Because we walk in relationship with another spirit. See, the Bible says that the evidence in Galatians chapter 5, the evidence of walking in the spirit is love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. When you walk in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, the reflection that it gives is there's great joy around your life. There's peace around your life. It's not just peace like, well, peace out, brother. It's when you're walking through the fires, when you're walking through um, financial difficulties, when you're walking through a recession, when you're walking through difficult times, when you know that you're walking with the Holy Spirit, you know when you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Why? because you still have peace around your life. You can bring peace into a circumstance. You, can play, you still have joy around your life. 
The sad thing is, what happens is we allow things to come around our life and and rob us of those. And I believe primarily it's 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 a choice that we make. You choose what spirit that you walk in relationship with. Let me ask you this question. What is it? What spirit do you walk in relationship with? See, trees can lie, but fruit never lies. We can say that you're a mandarin tree, all you like. But if you're producing apples, you're an apple tree. You can say that you're a Christian all your life, that you're walking, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But unless there's a, an evidence somewhere, that's, that, tell, that tells you what you're walking with. So if we have this problem in the community, it's obviously, I believe, evident in the, in the church as well. Not just in a physical sense, but there's a, a spiritual cause, there's a spiritual root for this problem. You, you look at unemployment, for example. We talk about the unemployment rate in in the community. That is also, I believe, reflected in the spiritual realm. I believe that we have a number of people, number of Christians that call themselves Christians, but actually are spiritually unemployed. Living on the kingdom dole. You may have a great job and having an income, but actually there's no, there's no power there. There's no force there. You're, You're on the kingdom dole. See, what's reflected out here, we don't often equate to what's happening in our lives. and Everything's reflective of, some, of something, somewhere. You've just got to know what to look for. So one of the things I've discovered is if, if there's something outworking outside of my life, it's obviously reflecting something that's in, in me or around me. If there's ha- something happening out in the world, it's, I believe it's reflective of something that's going on. So we are called to walk in the Spirit. So we, as you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, there's a... There's a there's a very real spirit realm that operates around our lives, and it's a, it's, it's a place of contention and, and struggle for the, for the lives of men and women. And um, there's a spirit of, there's a darkness, there's a, there's a devil, and there's a kingdom of darkness. And, um, and I believe that there's, a, there's three main things that, that the kingdom of darkness will do to people. First thing it does, it confines people. Spirits will come around and confine people, confine your potential. See, your potential is like a seed. It has the power to grow into a huge orchard. But when you allow spirits to get around your life, it, 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 it confines your potential. See, God has put greatness in every person's heart here. But you choose. You choose which spirit you walk with. See, when you're friends, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes around you and, 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 and nurtures that seed and brings it forth and to become the full potential that it can be. So what spirit are you walking with? Another thing that demon spirits do, they torment people. They torment people's mind. You think about this, for example. How many people today, yeah, don't need to think of yourself, but I don't, I'm sure there's no one here like that. But you, you, you think about the problem that's going on with that, that Viagra is trying to fix. It's a place of torment. It's not just a physical problem. It's a place of torment for many people. It tears marriages apart. Shane Willard, was, when he was here, was talking about there's three uh, you're talking about the amount of Christian marriages that break up. And there's three primary reasons why they break up. There's, it comes down to three issues. It's either regarding sex, finance, or communication regarding sex or finance. Yes, yeah, somebody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's obviously something that's real in the community and it's real in the church. If so many marriages are on the rocks, it's a place of torment. We're not just talking about a, a place of eternal torment. We're talking about people are in torment here by fear and, and, and rejection. And it's a place of torment. 
So demon spirits will come and try and torment us. They also drive us. Pastor Mike talked last week about, um, about workaholics. Workaholics. When somebody is a workaholic, it's like there's something that is around their life. There's an unseen power driving their life, forcing them to do something, driving them, pushing them to do something. And it's actually damaging. And the reflection is that they become a, a workaholic or, a, or something else-aholic. Maybe an alcoholic. Maybe a sexaholic. There's always something behind it, driving it. See, demon spirits will come and they'll, they'll find a, a place of our life that we're, that we're trying to find our identity in something else. And, and, and we'll start to drive the area. So everywhere you look, we, if you see somebody who's an alcoholic or a or, or fruit manifesting in someone's life like that, you can see it's a reflection of a, of a deeper problem. We've got to find out what that problem is and bring healing and bring uh, restoration into that place. And on, and on that note, we have, a, um, we have a, a Free for Life course coming up on, on the 21st and 22nd of August. And if you know in your heart, if, you, if there's something inside of you saying, yeah, Pastor Dave, there's a, there's a part of my life that's either contained or uh, under torment or I'm driven in a part of my life and I, I don't want that anymore. I encourage you. Pastor Mike's written a fantastic course, Free for Life. It will be here on the 21st and 22nd of, of, of August, because 25 bucks, $25. They'll give you the keys how you can walk free. Encourage you to come along. Just grab it. There's a registration form down the back. Just go and find one down there. Encourage you to come along to one of, the, to one of those restoration retreats. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. But we also have the, the Holy Spirit. We have the, the kingdom of God, which operates in a completely different way. The Holy Spirit is, um, the Holy Spirit is one who releases us. Holy Spirit releases potential in people's lives. The Holy Spirit wants to release potential. He wants to release blessing. He wants to release joy. He wants to release peace upon your life. But only if we walk in relationship with Him. So the Holy Spirit releases things as opposed to confining us. He wants to release us. The Holy Spirit also leads us. He doesn't drive us. He doesn't. He, he leads us. David says in Psalm 23, he leads me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He doesn't drive you down the path of righteousness. The Bible says after that, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me. He leads you in places of peace. Jesus wasn't driven into the desert, into the wilderness. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So some places the Holy Spirit leads us may not be comfortable, but there are places of growth. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to just drive you into a, into a wilderness and just leave you there, whatever your wilderness may be. The Holy Spirit will lead you there, and he will walk with you there, and he will stay with you there, and he will walk with you out of it. That's the nature of the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you. He also compels, or the better word for compel is constrain. It's like, it's like buying a car, I guess. It's like, you ever seen this car and it's like something in, just in here just like rises up within you and says, let's buy it. <laughs> let's get it. Let's go for it. Of course, it's not quite it. But it's the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit 
when he comes into your life, he, he quickens things into our lives. He, he puts seeds. He puts desires in our heart. He compels us to do things. He doesn't drive us to do things, but he compels us to do that. And, and, and it's, it's, they're quite similar, but very, very different. Quite similar, but very different. There's something that's a, that he puts a desire in and starts to lead us out towards it. See, the Bible talks about that. Um, I'll just find it for you here in, um, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, Paul was compelled by love. Why did he do the things that he did? Why did he uh, get shipwrecked so many times? Why did he get beaten 49 times with rods? Why did he do the things that he do? Why did he do? What power, what motivation was behind him? What was it about him? I'll tell you what, it was faith and love. The Bible says there he was compelled by love. There was something that arose in his heart that was from the Holy Spirit that he responded to and walked with. And as a result of that, we are here today blessed by Paul's ministry 2,000 years later on. No one else apart from Jesus Christ except from Paul shaped the church today how it's, how, how it's shaped. Absolutely incredible man. What motivated him? What, sh- what powered him? Faith, love. There's something inside of us when you see a person in need. See, the thing about Jesus, when, when Jesus reached out and touched the leper's man, was he driven to do it? Did he do it because he had to? He did it because he was compelled to out of love. And see, when you respond to that, it starts to grow. See, faith, again, is like a mustard seed. When you respond to it, it starts to grow. It starts off as a little seed, but it lets you grow to a tree that fills the whole garden. Faith is something that grows. Love is something that grows. When we respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. Many of you here today will will feel callings or feel inclinations of the Holy Spirit. Some will be stronger than others. What do you do with it? If you ignore that, it'll just die away. But some people just get this compelling, I just have to do it. I have to, I have to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's more than just a good idea. It's more than just a focus. It's more than just a, a direction. It's more than just good character. There is something, there's a power that's inside of us that pushes us, that, that compels us to do something that... that Amazing power. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ wasn't driven to the cross. He was led to the cross. He was compelled by love to go to the cross. And that's why you and I today, we don't have to bring a goat in here and cut its neck and anything like that to get our sins forgiven. All you have to do today, my friend, is to believe in Jesus Christ. So why did he do that? How's that? Simply because he, he was compelled by love for you. He was compelled by love to the cross. That, my friend, it's the difference between being driven and being compelled. Quite a big difference. It looks very, very similar. But there's something else. There's something else. <laughs> so many people in the Bible were, were, were compelled by love or compelled by faith. Another part of this is zeal or passion. You can have love and you can have faith inside of your heart. But I'll tell you, friends, today, Zeal is what will ignite that faith. Zeal and passion is what will ignite that love inside of your heart. You may have, a, you may have dreams. You may have stuff inside that you want to do. You may have a, a pull. I'll tell you what today, passion and zeal will ignite that for you. If you've got some faith there, if you've got some character, you've got some direction, you put up the match of zeal to it, I tell you, you will be unstoppable. You will be unstoppable. There is something about somebody that is passionate about something, anything. Anything at all. Some people are just nuts. Why they're so passionate about it? There's something about passion. If you don't have passion in your love life, it's 
It's not very good. But some of you will know what I'm talking about. You all know what I'm talking about, ladies. It's like, you know, if you have a man there and it's just like your husband and hopefully he's your husband. And, and there's no, it's just, it's not the same if you haven't got any love or passion in there. Passion makes everything. Passion puts the, what's, puts the lead in the pencil, puts the mo back in the joe. Some people today, it's like you need to have passion back into your life again. You've got to have some zeal put inside of your life again. See, David talks about in Psalm 69, he says, zeal for your house has consumed me. Zeal for your house has just got over me and just eaten me up. See his direction, zeal for your house has consumed me. Focused passion, empowered passion, unstoppable. Zeal for your house has consumed me. Zeal for your house has just eaten me up. In other words, I am so passionate about the house of God. Nothing can turn. In fact, I am so passionate about the presence of God. I'm just going to take all my clothes off and just cut loose dancing. Yeah. Some might be a bit, yeah, yeah, I won't go there. Focus. <laughs> but you all know what I'm talking about. See, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John talks about the coming Messiah. And he said, hey, 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 hey look, I, I baptize you in water, but I tell you, I tell you, friend, I, I, there is somebody coming. There is somebody coming. And even though I baptize you in water, there is somebody that will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. There is something about having fire that ignites faith, that ignites it in our life. See, the Holy Spirit, when he comes around your life, doesn't just want you to uh, be all just a happy, happy Christian. He wants to ignite something inside of your life that you will never, ever be the person that, that you used to be again. For some people, when we come to church and we're, we know in our hearts that God has forgiven us from our sins, but thank you, Jesus. Oh, and that's done cut it, does it? When you see somebody that's really grateful for what Jesus has done in their life, Passion demonstrates that the passion, the passion is a reflection of what's really going on inside their heart. Friends, why don't we, when we worship Jesus, if we were just a little bit more passionate about it, if we were just really just cut loose, what, what would happen? Why don't, why don't we cut loose? Why don't we just say, arise, arise? What? It's just, yeah, we'll get into it very, very soon. <laughs> but there's something about it when you get the fire, when you get passionate about it. Something about it when you get zeal around your life. Jesus was a very, very zealous man. Just quickly turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9. And Jeremiah is called by God to, to, to speak and, and to say some pretty uh, bring some truth to the to the people, and uh, as a result, he was he was ridiculed. He was he was um, he was mocked, and, and and all these things. And and like any human being, when you stand up and and speak the word of Jesus, and and you start to stand up for the things that you believe in that God has called you to do, and you can start to get mocked and, and jeered at, 
Um, one of the, if you're like me, you'd probably get all closed off inside and, and say, well, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you try and speak the name of Jesus. You want to go out and tell your friends about Jesus and they just laugh at you and just say, <laughs> you idiot. What does it make you feel inside? I'll tell you what, for me, you feel like a bit of a, well, that's the last time I'm going to do that again. And so Jeremiah is in the same position. And he says in verse 9, a, re- a reproach and a derision daily. And then I said, I will not make mention or speak any more in his name. In other words, that is the last time I'm going to ever talk about Jesus. Jesus, that is the last time I'm going to talk about you. Every time I talk about you, every time I'm passionate, every time I do that sort of thing, they just mock me every day. That is the last time. That is the last time. So over here, he's got this disappointment. He's got this disillusionment. He's got this bucket of cold water going over him and saying, be quiet, you idiot. So on one side, is, he's, he's one of the greatest prophets of the Bible, and he's, he's being disillusioned. He's been watered down. He's been mocked and ridiculed. But something else is around his life, and he's, he's here. I oh, will not speak anymore in his name. That's it, Lord. I am just, I've just had it up to here. And then it says, then he goes on to say, oh, yeah. But his word, his word was like a fire. His word was like a fire in my heart, like a burning fire. His word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I couldn't hold it back any longer. So every time he was, he got shut down and back in a cold water, say, hey, you're too passionate about God. You're just, he wants to shut down. But over here, he said, but I've got this fire inside of my life that, that you guys didn't give me. I got it from the Holy Spirit. Every time I, I got this fire, I just can't contain it. I am just so tired of just holding back this fire that every day I'm just going to keep on bubbling it out, man. Is that you? I've got all these difficulties in life and people say bad things to me about it. I just feel like I'm not going to church anymore. But there's, some, but there's something inside of my life that, that, the, that the pastor spoke. I remember the pastor spoke over my life and he said, you've got greatness inside of your heart. And I know that was from God. So I know I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep that fire burning. Mm. It doesn't matter what anyone will do or say. I'm going to, I know that word is in my heart and it's burning. It's still burning. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've placed some pressure. Maybe you've got some buckets of cold water thrown at your face or something like that. But there's a, there's a fire burning. There's something of the seed of God inside of your life that keeps you alive. I can encourage you, friends, today. Keep walking in the Holy Spirit. Keep that fire alive. Every day, God has called you to, to prosper in business, to reach your school, to do this, to do that. He goes, goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 42, let's turn over there quickly. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 13. And it says, The Lord shall go forth like a mm, mighty man. Everybody say mighty man. Mighty man. And he shall stir up his zeal. Whoa. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. Does that sound all right? Well, while I was reading that, I thought, Oh, wow. That is so cool. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. And he shall stir up his zeal. 
He'll stir it up himself. He'll just reach down in faith and he'll just stir that pot of fire. He ain't going to wait for some prophet to come and lay hands or some international man. He is just going to day by day get into the presence of God. Every day and the first thing in the morning and last thing at night, I'm going to stir that zeal inside of my life. He will stir up a zeal like a man of war and he shall cry out. He ain't going to just whisper out and say, hey, praise the Lord. He's going to say, hey, praise the Lord. He shall cry out, yes, and he's going to shout quietly. No, he's going to shout aloud. And he shall, against his enemies, he shall prevail against his enemies. What is it that's got around your life that is trying to shut you down? You ain't going to shift it with some, praise the Lord. He's not going to shift it by with some lovely teaching. You've got to shift it by standing up in prayer, getting the fire of God, and stirring that pot inside of your life. Every day. Walk in the Spirit of God. Give it a good old shout, not just a little hallelujah. Did I hear a little hallelujah? He shall stir it up like zeal. Bible says in, in, day, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, David was a man, but he said before that zeal for my father's house has consumed me. And he said in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, and David was in a place where he had stepped out and, and the Philistines hated him and he came back and everything he owned had been robbed and taken from him. Even his own friends, even the, the pastoral team, even the, the buddies, said, even the cell group wanted to kill him. Even the cell group didn't want him anymore. Cell group, rude. It's just a rude man. Even the cell group didn't want him anymore. In fact, the cell group was ready to stone him. And then not, no one like you. But everything he had, his hopes and dreams, his wives have been taken. Not only his wives, the, the wives of his friends, the wives of his followers. Everything had been taken by enemy army. Even his own men were about to stone him. And not quite in a place of faith. Lying on the ground, scared. Uh, you know what I mean. He was scared. Didn't know what to do. Maybe you're in a place where you felt like you've stepped out for God and things haven't worked out as it seemed. Even some of the people around you want to kill you. Nowhere else to go. Again, it's a place of choice, place of decision. Will you walk in hand in hand with that spirit of fear? Will you walk in hand in hand with discouragement and disappointment? Will you let that devil get around your life and say, mm, I'm going to keep you down and confine you? The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Strengthened himself in the Lord. Didn't have somebody to come and lay hands on him. He just strengthened himself in the Lord. How, do you do, how did he do that? One of the first things I believe is this. That God had anointed him king. He knew that there was a call of God upon his life to rule and to reign. And it not yet happened. He knew that God had a destiny for him. Calling him forth. I'm not ready to die yet. I ain't king yet. <laughs> but the Bible says in Jude chapter 20, build yourself by praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself by praying in that heavenly language. What happens when you start to pray, when you start to lift your voice up in tongues, when you're finding your, your thoughts and your heart and your emotions, when you rise up, when you stir that part of zeal inside of your life and focus it towards the God of above. There is something that will come in and around your life. Can I have the music, music team up, please? There is something that will come around your life. There is a strength 
that only can come from God. You will find that when you stir that pot of passion, when you stir that zeal up, you will find that there will be a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit. You're not out of the game yet, my friend. You're still here. (laughs) You may be struggling in your business or whatnot. You're not out of the game yet. (laughs) You're still here. (laughs) You haven't quit. You haven't given up. You're still here. Maybe it's time for you to stir that pot of passion again. Maybe it's time for you to allow the Holy Spirit to come and bring His fire across your life again. Maybe it's time for you to arise and be the person that God has called you to be. There's one that's coming and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!